All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Behind the Emerald Veil podcast with Mandy and Allison from Soul Star Energy Collective. And we are so excited to be here today with another special guest. And we would love to introduce you to Danielle Serenk, the Squamish Medium. Hi, Danielle. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are so grateful for you to be joining us today. We have learned from you. We've done your courses. We've listened to your podcast. We've followed you on Instagram for so long. And um, you have, you just share so transparently about mediumship that we just knew we needed to ask you to come on the podcast to share about mediumship to our audience because mediumship is so different from what it, what we do um, where we like do the energy readings and connecting to the to the person's soul and giving guidance and clarity and stuff like that. So we're just very excited to share all about mediumship with our guests today. But something that you have in common, so I'm doing all the talking. No, go for it. Do it. <laughs> Alice is like, let me talk. No, I was totally just like. <laughs> so, okay. What I was going to say is something that we all have in common is that you also developed your ability your gifts um, as a medium. So will you share that journey with us? The development journey? Well, just like the journey in general from like where you were to like where you are today. Yeah. So I don't have anything transferable to go over to mediumship. I spent my early career working with race cars for 15 years and then in indigenous health and healing. In- wow. So yeah, nothing transferable, but really the path started to awaken to me after the birth of my daughter in 2013. So I went through very traumatic birth experience with her. I went through very traumatic pregnancy with her. I had multiple miscarriages before I had her. She was genuinely a miracle baby for us. And there was just a series and synchronistic events that occurred after she was born. You know, in Canada, we're blessed to get a year off um, maternity leave. My company gave us 100% of our pay. So I really had a full year to explore mediumship. And I ended up with a ticket to see a mediumship demonstrate in my little town of Squamish. And I was the first one to receive a connection. And it was something like I hadn't seen since I saw Jen, John Edwards on TV since I was like, when I was a kid. Right. Right. And so I thought it was fascinating. And my best friend bought me a one-on-one session with her and she had said, do you know that you're a medium? Well, the thing is I had been seeing medium since I was 17 yeah. And every medium I went and saw said, do you know that you're a medium and we'll get readings by you one day <laughs> to the point where I thought that's what every medium said. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> I never once believed it because I didn't grow up religious. I didn't grow up spiritual. Like, you know, I grew up in a household that really prioritized like sci-fi and mm-hmm. aliens. And my biggest fear growing mm-hmm. up was alien abduction. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Then I Another episode. I know. I wish I grew up in a household that was all about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I just kind of had this um, purity complex. Like, why would angels talk to me? Like, why would spirit talk to me? Like, nothing special to see here. But she convinced me this medium that I saw in 2013. She was so lovely. She doesn't do mediumship anymore. But she said to me, come to my development class and just see what happens. And I was so convinced I was not a medium that I signed up for her intuitive development class, not her mediumship development class. But lo and behold, the first class, only me and one other lady show up and she said, just close your eyes and tell me what you see. Now, all I could see were shadows. And still to this day, that's all I really see with my clairvoyance, the shadows, and there's knowing that connects in with it. And Mm -hmm. I just knew that there was a young boy named Dustin 
And the woman just grabbed me and she had both arms on me and she gapped. She's like, oh, that's my son, Justin. And oh, just got goosey. Me too. All that yeah. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, I was like, what is happening here? Right. And the grief that I experienced in that one snapshot, because I was feeling her grief, mm. the desperation in her eyes, it really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew at that moment, I was like, whoa, like there are hearts on the line here. Yeah. Um, there's this woman is in deep pain. And I kind of closed up the connection because I got really scared. Yeah. But yeah. I remember going home that day driving and I had to commute 200 kilometers to go to this class. So, you know, it's like, it's like well, 150 miles, right? Yeah. That's wow. like a two hour drive. Yeah. So I would do that for four years. I did that for my development and wow. I made a vow to the world of spirit on that car ride home. It was nighttime. And I said, you know, you have been bringing me this path of mediumship my whole life. I can see it clear as day now mm-hmm. and I will never leave this path again. And I promise you now that I will figure out what I'm doing before I even think about stepping into the public arena because of that mm-hmm. experience I had had with that woman and the grief that I felt and the desperation that I felt, yeah. I took my development very seriously. And yeah. I did develop for four years before I charged a single person and before I even opened myself up to working for the public. I took it very, very seriously. Maybe maybe too seriously. <laughs> Which is why I teach the way I teach now, right? <laughs> so would you say that you were very much like in the closet for a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like even at my work, you know, I worked in Indigenous health and healing and I worked in First Nations politics. I'm First Nations myself. Um, Mm -hmm. My grandma comes from York Factory First Nations in Manitoba and very passionate about that work, very passionate about the mission of the company. But I didn't have a higher informal education and I wasn't on paper qualified for any of the positions I held. They gave me a chance because I was able to prove my work ethic and what I was capable of through experience. And so I took my reputation as if it was my golden ticket. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't willing to risk my reputation um, because I thought I was going to be there forever. Um, That was kind of part of the plan. I was a 30 person that worked there and by the time I quit there was 1500 people there so it it grew substantially but with my second child I had a very traumatic experience with him as well I almost died Mm -hmm. carrying him and I couldn't work for most of that pregnancy and it was very traumatic for me and coming out of that pregnancy I just kind of decided you know he was born in October and I in January said I'm not wasting any more time I'm like I'm going to launch my website. I'm going to start working for the public. I went to my boss at the time and said, you know, you're going to start seeing things online. (laughs) Um, I am coming back, (laughs) but you know, because she was so afraid of losing me. Right. And we, me and my boss ended up quitting the same month, which was kind of fun. We're still friends <laughs> today. <laughs> we, we still meet up every once in a while. We love each other. But she was not open to this at all. She was like, just don't talk to me about it. I don't want to know about it. But for the most part, in Indigenous health and healing, people were really open to it. And even later, I have a call with my old work because they want to hire me to do readings for some of their leadership. And so I love that. Yeah. And I did, um, you know, stay in the closet for a very long time because I didn't know how to explain it. And and people who knew me before and people who knew me now get two very different experiences of me because I I changed so much. Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't you say that like, through that process, you just sort of started becoming your authentic self and showing up as that person instead of 
you know, the older version of you who wasn't maybe necessarily truly authentic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that took a while Yeah. Right? because you have a bit of identity crisis. Yes. And then even when I launched my Instagram in 2017, I didn't, I, I kept coming at it from a lens of what do people expect to hear from a medium, right? Like what do people expect? And I think I, I kind of showed up originally around, okay, there's so much here, but they're around like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like, I guess they expect me to be wise and spiritual and, you know, quotes. I think you find yourself for a little bit, but then I had a nervous breakdown. So this is kind of what happened in the corporate world. Things started to become really out of alignment for me. And like, I was coming into like some pretty severe health crises there because it was so toxic and it had grown so much. And we really lost that grassroots mm-hmm. community focused approach and we ended up corporate government you know over the course of eight years I was there and I ended up having like a really toxic uh VP that I worked under and she broke me down and I ended up having a legit nervous breakdown on the side of the road trying to get home and I was hospitalized from it and yeah. had to wear a heart monitor for months and I couldn't work for months I couldn't do readings for months like it completely broke me and it was actually through that experience that I said I'm just going to be me mm-hmm. I'm just going to be me I launched my podcast I showed up more fearlessly than I've ever shown up before. And I feel like I really found myself in that because I knew really clearly what my values were and what I wasn't going to put up with anymore. And I was tired of pretending. I'm like, I'm pretending here to be something that I'm not. And like, I don't know who I am out here in the mediumship space yet where I fit in because the people I admire are so amazing. Like, what do I have to share? And it was really in the launching of the Spirit School podcast where I'm like, you know what? No one's talking about the shit like no one's talking about yeah, bad right? Readings, right and That's so really I'm like pretty. yeah I'll do it I'll yeah. do it and I think it was through podcasting and it was through just showing up with the lens of what do I wish I had heard what do mm-hmm. I wish people had told me and that's what I'm going to talk about and that's how my career really kind of took off because people appreciate and I think they can sense the authenticity yeah right yeah. and it's, so yeah it took a while true. well and that was one thing like Mandy and I definitely taking your course and actually all the students because we we interact with all the students yeah was just how real you are and you know to me I'm always like drawn to somebody that just be real yeah. just be real about it and we love that you're just kind of like completely real about it and authentic and that's what draws and that's where you people. teach that's the space that you teach from yeah you can feel it so heart-centered totally and mm-hmm. like and I know that's what you you and I have kind of come from in the sense of like the podcast and stuff we're not going to pretend we're going to make jokes and we're going to it's not we're not going to always be like holier than thou like it's never we're never never like that that. (laughs) you know and just making it like you know we're just two moms that connected over spirituality and normalizing it yeah right to not be this like crazy scary thing and I love that I just love that and you know and it's so funny when you say like having that that breakdown it's like spirit puts you spirit forced you to have that breakdown to force you to leave right that industry like I look at that as I feel like that's coming for me yeah that's (laughs) coming for you yeah you know in looking back that was actually like very extreme because I was getting a lot of nudges up until that point that I was out of alignment very gentle ones actually (laughs) and just kind of like oh divine free will over here like you (laughs) 
divine free will over here okay they're like you're not listening (laughs) right and then even after that guys I went back and I went back because you have to right with disability and stuff like that you have to go back and the first day I went back to that workplace um there was a grown men crying in the hallways and (laughs) and I resigned that first day back and I said I I'm going to resign and then what ended up happening was my CEO, who I was really close with because I was one of the first hires, yeah, took me out for lunch. And he was like, what's happening? He's like, I need Indigenous mothers here. I need Indigenous mothers' voices here. What do you need to stay? Mm-hmm. And I gave him a damn impossible list, and he met every single one of them. Wow. Wow. So it was like this, like golden handcuffs, like these carrots. And I said, you know, I, I want to work on my spirituality. I want to do readings and I can't work here full time and commute. So I got to work at home. I got full time pay, part time work. I got to work for who I wanted to, the projects I wanted. Like they gave me everything and I stuck it out for another year. Mm-hmm. And also what happened in that time was during the time between I re- I resigned and then met my CEO for lunch, my second mediumship mentor announced that they weren't born again Christian. So I also had a huge moral conflict because two people that I respected in mediumship more than anyone else. And you wouldn't have heard of either of these people probably, to be honest with you, but it was so weird to me that it happened. I started kind of questioning my own path at yeah. that time so I rescinded my resignation I was like whoa 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 okay like oh. <laughs> the world just flipped upside down for me again and yeah. so I did stay for another year but the cycle started happening again right and that's the thing yeah. about the development path is you recognize cycles and I was about to verge on another health crisis and I actually thought I was going blind on this one I lost my sight for almost a full day and I was very stressed out and I had a really stressful project and again, a lot of toxicity that was there. And I actually uh, got to the point where I negotiated with myself, like I could actually still do mediumship blind. Um, I can wow. actually be very good mediumship blind. So justifying I ended up, this. <laughs> justifying <laughs> it. And I ended up resigning for real, real the next day because it ended up being what was called an aura migraine, I guess. And it was like one of my first migraines in stress induced. I was like, look, this place is not good for me. My husband was actually the one who doesn't believe in mediumship, by the way, but he was the one who said, you got to leave. He's like, we can't lose you again. Cause yeah, I got, it took me years to recover from the nervous system repair and the adrenal fatigue of the one that hospitalized me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he kind of gave me his blessing and I went full time in uh, February, 2020, just three weeks before lockdown. Oh my God. (laughs) The two little kids under five. Yeah, you did not make this easy for yourself at all. You're so like, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it the hard way. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, and it could have been more perfect because I was actually fully offline business at that time, just serving my little community of Squamish. And then all of a sudden, people who listen to my podcast started messaging me saying, can you mentor me online? It's like, well, we can try. I'm like, I've never done it, but we can try. And then I did my first class and I got 44 people signed up. It was almost like the whole world was waiting for me to like go full time. And then my business became an international one. Yeah. I would say about 70% of my clients are outside of Canada now. Wow. And so you grew really quickly, didn't you? From the time that you started showing up online and offering courses. Because I think I even found you pretty quickly after you started showing up. Yeah. Because I started going through my 
awakening process early well it's been since probably 2017 but it really came online and on 2020 when I had the time and space to start like really looking in and then the breadcrumbs started coming and I started following them like things just, just started coming into my awareness and you were one of them and I was like so I started listening to your podcast and following you on Instagram and learning everything I could from you um which which helped so much but you grew pretty quickly didn't you after after lockdown and people like myself just started like showing up didn't they yeah you know it's funny when you say that because to me I'm like well 2013 to 2020 is actually seven years so it's like it didn't happen quickly there's so there was a whole lifetime before things took off for me but when the world went online I was like, shoot, I'm like, I just gave up a six figure tax free, like, you know, go, like pension plan, like mm-hmm. benefits, like everything. And then now I'm like, who, like people were losing their jobs left, right and center. But what mm-hmm. I didn't understand was actually, yeah, like you're saying, people actually have more space now yeah. to learn online. And so, yeah, I mean, the first year of my online business was just magical. I mean, I couldn't put a foot wrong. Everything I released sold out and like, wow. it was kind of wild to me. So there was a lot of big success. Like even my membership launch August that year had 60 people sign up. Wow. Like that is unheard of in the membership yeah. industry. And so, yeah, I felt very, very supported by the world of spirit. And I felt, you know, I felt overwhelmingly loved by them because I felt like they trusted me with their people because even when I teach and mentor, you know, those are guides that are guiding their people to me. And there's mm-hmm. an honor in that level of trust that the world of oh, spirit really? has on me, continues to have on me. And I'm continuously blessed with incredible clients and you know amazing opportunities to grow and yeah it's it's been beautiful but the truth is nobody talks about mediumship and money and so I didn't have any um prior knowledge about entrepreneurship I didn't have any mentors that talked about charging or increasing prices um so I'm completely self-figured out so spiritual entrepreneurship is something I'm very passionate about because I also got a little bit roped into the coaching space, the influencer coaching space, which ended up being quite harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the business practices. And so Absolutely. I got trauma informed and I'm certified trauma informed now. And, you know, I'm doing certifications around like the trauma of money and like just wanting to make sure that what I'm creating spirit school is kind, it's ethical, it's trauma informed. I hope to actually turn it into a nonprofit in the next couple of years as wow. well. So you have to kind of like lose yourself a bit to find yourself in the path. And it's been, it's been a wild journey, but it's been uh, a lot of fun. Well, and it's, it's kind of makes me think of like Mandy and I, I feel like we're in those beginning stages of where you were at and trying to navigate and find our way and figure it out. And, you know, one of the things that we keep getting like the nudge or it's like taking that leap because we're both in corporate still. Um, and we keep getting this sign of like, yo, take the leap. And it's like you, you even saying that right now, it's like the moment you took the leap, it was like spirit showed up and was like, okay, thank you. You took the chance and we're just going to like give it all. And we both get that message and it, but it's one of these really hard things because, you know, we're both like, well, how do I survive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do and I go I'm, to- I'm the breadwinner in our family. Like my husband has a great income, but I have an income that's like, yeah. Greater. yeah that's like me too that's like our marriage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like and I have a husband that just like yours doesn't believe in any of this so like if all of a sudden I showed up and I was like hey <laughs> so I'm gonna quit my corporate job to go into this it would be like you're going through a midlife crisis 
Yeah. So if, I'm that's, like, if that's what we need to label it, we'll label it. Then that. I'll be like, fine, I'm going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. There. You know, I get it. Like my husband works with scientists, like he works in green tech. And yeah. so like, I've had people at our Christmas party, like up and leave the table when they find out like, Oh, what do you do? Well, I'm a medium. What's that? Right. <laughs> and- <laughs> rude oh, oh yeah I don't care. I'm not that social anyways <laughs> like it's okay I didn't want to talk to them anyways <laughs> right yeah I'm like what am I going to be talking about like oh my god so I get it but you know I have two free well I have a phrase I say you know spirit is my algorithm and spirit is my agent and even in the journey of spiritual entrepreneurship when there have been times where it's like no buckings are coming in like this is kind of weird and it freaks you out a little bit what ends up happening during those weeks that there's no bookings my kid gets sick or Mm -hmm. something happens with my parents and I would have had to have rescheduled a whole bunch of people or classes and it took me a long time to see those cycles and see Uh how supported the world of spirit is in our business even because there would be times I'm like, I got like no bookings for this week and like questioning myself. I'm like, should I do a class? Like, da, 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 da. Yes. how am I going to earn money this week? <laughs> and then lo and behold, I wouldn't have been able to work anyway. Anyway, crazy. Wild. I mean, yeah. All right. So let's move into what is, <laughs> what is mediumship? Because um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that yeah. mediumship is different than, you know, reading energy and psychicness, like a psych, your psychic gifts and mediumship are a little bit different. How do you explain, how do you explain that when people ask you? Well, for me, so I'm very sentient, right? So I feel and know things. That's how I typically rock my mediumship and my psychic abilities. And to me, there's actually like, not the biggest fine line between the difference of the energy in mediumship connection and psychic information. They actually feel somewhat similar to me, but the only thing is psychic information comes from in front of me mm-hmm. and mediumship information comes from behind me. And then of course the quality of information is also very different, but I also do some work with angels, which I may have lost some people just by saying that because a lot of my mentors like roll their eyes, but I'm like, no, seriously. No, I love that. Me too. Right? Like, yeah. well, how do you want to talk about angels next? I'm like, I love that you work with angels. Yeah. 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 And you know, when you connect psychically with somebody, like the energy frequency is here. And when you connect with somebody mediumistically, it's like right here. But then when you connect with angels, it's like up here. Higher, yeah. It's so drastically different yeah. that because I have that connection with angels and am able to get like to this vibrational space, the vibration between the living and the dead is actually not that great in comparison. So one of the ways I had to learn to discern psychic and mediumship information, because it's all evidential, right? Like in psychic and mediumship, we should not be telling you something you don't know. Yeah. We are literally validating things. And even with psychic readings, you're saying to somebody like, Oh, I feel like a career change or a shift in marriage. Yes. So psychic readings really just give people that peace of mind. I'm on the right path. They see this, da, 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 da. And we're rarely telling people anything that they don't know. Mm-hmm. But what's really important as far as like the ethics and the integrity of mediumship is what I personally find if somebody is saying something and appearing like it's coming from mom, mm-hmm. we almost take our sitter's divine free will away a little bit because mm-hmm. we're like, well, my mom said, And like where mediums need to learn to discern the psychic and mediumship is because if you're actually picking up something psychically, it's really up to the client, their divine free will, what they want to do with it. And they have divine free will, even if it comes from mom, but they will typically listen to mom a lot more than themselves. So yes, I found it 
as part of like the ethics and integrity of mediumship that is very important for people to learn how to connect differently between. So I teach psychic and mediumship in the initiation now um, at the same time, because it's that mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yes. It's important in a reading to find the language to say, this is coming from you. Um, this is coming from mom so that they're clear on their decision-making process after that. Mm-hmm. And it's just through experience and getting it wrong a few times, by the yeah. way, that <laughs> I know how important this is, but both are evidential right? Or should be at least, right? If not, you're just incorrect. That's it, right? Go back. What do you mean when you say evidential, just so that everybody knows? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if a psychic says to me, like, I see you and your husband just talked about painting the kitchen cupboards, like that's evidential to me, but that's psychic, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, there's evidence there. And then if they have a message after that, I have a level of faith and trust because they were able to pick up something I can validate. Yeah, it's the same same process for mediumship. It's like, I feel a mom here. I feel like she passed like this. Do you understand? Then the message I have from that based off the evidence I was just giving. So I rock my psychic and mediumship readings the exact same. The the framework's the same. The, you know, get the evidence first, bring through the messages after. I also believe messages are evidential which is not what all mediums would say but of course they are because we're rarely saying something to somebody that doesn't make sense when it comes to messages right or else they're kind of confused and they're like where did that come from and like what does that mean yeah it's it's funny because I found um you know when I went into your class like I only kind of like connected with my guide right really had a connection with my guide and you you really get to know your guide and that and know what their energy feels like and so it was so crazy opening up to other energies and other spirits and what I found was like how different they could be yeah there was some that were you know really and like really strong (laughs) they could really like I remember one time like feeling like them squeeze up against my face and I was like (laughs) (laughs) don't touch me don't touch me um but but I found like the difference between like having to navigate through being like okay that person came in strong and this person it feels like they're farther away and and not communicating as strongly like it was harder to get at them um and and one thing that I believe or I think is like as a spirit, we're all at different levels. So some spirits can communicate more easily and some spirits haven't developed that ability to communicate as easily. Like, is that something? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, is that something that you agree with or think of like that we're all at different evolutions as a soul and that sometimes it's easier for them to communicate with us. And sometimes it's a little bit harder. Cause I just found like at times I was kind of like, it was just like not smooth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we actually talked about this in my membership last month. This question kind of came up. So what I tell people is on the development journey, please stay flexible about your beliefs because they will change and evolve as you change and evolve. And as you have more experiences. So, you know what, maybe five years ago, I would hundred percent agree with you, but I've had experiences now and enough of them in mediumship to know that often the way that they communicate to us is evidential in nature. Mm. That's often reflective of how they communicated in life. So if you have somebody who is like, you know, I'm not getting a whole lot out of this person. You might want to deliver that as a piece of evidence and be like, I don't think that they're a clear communicator in life. And if you get that, 
the the communication will come a lot clearer. But then there's also, I believe, I believe that when we go home, we know how to communicate. Like, I just think that there's this, this intelligence. That's my belief now based off of the experiences Mm. I've had. Yeah. But what I will say is that spirit, because we are fallible, right? Like the inconsistency of mediumship has to do with us and our sitter, right? Yes. That's how mediumship is inconsistent because there's so many variables at play. I think totally. spirit's always ready to go. How we show up every day is very different and mm-hmm. every sitter is very different. And if mediumship is a three-way communication, right. we're rarely going to have two experiences that feel the same ever, which is the vulnerability yes. of mediumship. Mm-hmm. But what I do believe is that spirit relies on, you know, I say that the prerequisite to mediumship is a life well lived because they do use our references and our experiences to bring through information. So we might not have a lot in common with the spirit communicator, which could be part of the kink in the chain with the communication, which right. is how come often the clearest sessions and if you look back at your readings, they're probably the ones that you have the most in common with, you yes. know, whether it's with your sitter or your reader. So I think that the quality of the connection is really kind of based off that. So I tell people who are developing, go live your life, a big life. Don't just focus on development. Don't just focus on spiritual ba- spiritual books because they will use your lived experiences. And the more <laughs> that you have, the better of service you can be for the world of spirit. But those are the things that I've seen when it comes to that struggle communication. It totally makes, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I do remember there was some times where I was like, the ones that came in hot and heavy, they're like, oh yeah, that's their personality. Um, <laughs> and then the ones that were kind of like, and they're like, oh yeah, that was their personality. So definitely that that was definitely validated. And, you know, one of the things that you taught in the course was, you know, what you what you don't know, you don't know. So like, in the sense of like names, you know, researching names, like if you don't know that name, that's not in your wheelbarrow, how are they going to bring it forward? And I've noticed, I've taken that kind of advice where I'm like, yo, you're so right. Like my, they use what is in our subconscious. They use what's in our, our life, what experiences experiences to give us these things. And so I noticed I started watching all of these, like, um, (laughs) medieval, all, all of these different, like historic type of shows, and I was like, man, why am I so into these? <laughs> me too. Yeah. And I realized because then spirit started showing me because when because we go into the Akashic Records and look at past lives and I realized that, oh, they're they're pushing me to get into these because then my reference started changing. Yeah. Reference library has grown. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Love, I love that. Well, yeah. I know names are always seen as like the, you know, top of the evidential pyramid or whatever. Yes. And some people are wowed by them and other people not so much. Right. Like this is how come the quality of evidence is so subjective because like my grandfather's name is John, probably the most common name you could possibly have. But what I was looking for when I started seeking out mediums when I was 17 is I wanted one person to see that he was an asshole. Right. I'm like, wow. if someone could pick that up, that to me is higher quality evidence than someone saying yes. his name is John. Yeah. So even with names and like evidence, the quality is subjective and we can't go chasing these mirages. And the truth is, I don't remember people's names in real life. Like I will meet someone and by the time we leave each other, I can't recall their name. So why would I be known as a name medium if I don't even get that in my real life? But if I did want to choose one day, I want to get names. Then my mission is to, okay, in your real life. Right. Yeah. Start getting names. Right. (laughs) Get better at life. (laughs) Get better at life. (laughs) 
it's so true I know I'm like and it's so funny like putting the value on certain things like one of the things with learning is trying to understand trying to as you're human not um filter things out um like I had one client I wasn't doing a mediumship it was it was a reading but but the her father came in very strong and I was like oh okay um (laughs) we're doing this and I remember I said, what did I say? What is there anything you want her to know? And he's like, she already knows. And in my head, my human head. And I was just like, that's stupid. And I was really has like, I was going to filter that out because you weren't going to share. It. I wasn't going to share it because I was just kind of like, you know, like what person's going to, and I ended up sharing it. And that was the moment she was, was like, <gasps> And she was like, he had said that she'd asked him, is there anything you want to say to me before he died? And he, and he would always say, you already know. And so I remember just sitting there going, oh my gosh, like if I had kept that back, you know, and that was the, that was the evident, that was the one thing, like, yes, there were other things that kind of, oh yeah, yeah, that's him. But that was the one that tipped it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so small. I had a reading a couple, it was actually, I only remember this so well, because I think it was my last in-person reading ever, right? I don't do in-person <laughs> anymore. I only do online now. And yeah. I remember um, sitting there and like giving this woman the layout of her grandparents' house. Like this guy was like taking me through their house. But what I said was, and as he sits down, he wants me to put focus on this candy jar, this jar of candy. Would you have known him to have given you candy? And this woman just started bawling. Mm. And she said, I was talking to my mom on the way here. And I said, if she brings up the candy, I will oh. know it's him. Uh, and goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> who would think that candy and the word <laughs> candy would be anything? But that was the yeah. one thing. And so you know, we need to stop trying to sound like everyone else. And this is one of my big gripes about the mediumship journey. And the reason why spirit kept me from developing under spiritualism, I know this for a fact, because when I heard there was a church for mediums, I was like, take me there. My guides are like, no, 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 no. Right. Like (laughs) over and over and over again, though, I do love spiritualism and I do attend services and I love, I love all faiths. I, I love theology. Right. Yeah. And so you know, I could see now why, because like in, in that sphere, like everyone does kind of sound the same and everyone's pulling the same information. And like, you could attend like, you know, 20 different demonstrations and more or less, it all kind of sounds the same, which is fine because it's high quality. You can't deny that. But I think that with 8 billion people on the planet, we do all need to be different and pull different types of information and deliver information in a different way because we're not going to be for everybody. And so we need enough people out there being different so that we could really be of service for the world of spirit. So there's a lot of comparison that comes up. There's a lot of, um, you know, one of these phrases that kind of drives me crazy is like, I'm here to like elevate the quality of mediumship or whatever. And it's like, but for who, right? (laughs) Because like for your peers, like who are you trying to impress? Because I've sat in readings that were hugely transformational for people that may not have on a transcript have looked all that fancy. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas like, you know, I'm going to use John Edwards as an example because I'm seeing him on Sunday and I adore the pants off this guy. But he says something like, uh, you know, I'm all about the evidence and I don't need you to tell my mom loves me because I know that. Mm -hmm, But in my philosophy, the words I love you are not what happens. It's the 
emotion that comes through. I love you. They feel, I love you. They don't hear it, but they feel it. Yes. And though that might not be sexy for TV, but that's healing Mm -hmm. for somebody. So how could we say that saying a simple, I love you message is vacuous or not high quality when what's really happening is this energetic healing that takes place from the energy that was passed through that. I love you. So Oh, so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so true. It is. Because mediumship is healing. When you do a reading for somebody and you're connecting to their past loved ones, they need to hear those messages, but they also need to feel those messages Mm -hmm. so that they can heal that at an energetic level and um, help the wounds that they, the grief that they've experienced and all that sort of stuff. So the the vibration that it holds, you know, right. Um, yeah, it just holds a different vibration. So even if mentally they're like, oh, well, yeah, I know that. It's like you feel that mm-hmm. inside, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 You know, I've had people leave sessions that message me saying, and I had this a couple of years ago. This woman said, you know, I don't, I can't even put my finger on it, but I left feeling so happy and yeah. like so excited about my life again and you know that's the energy that takes place like the reason why I still attend demonstrations is not because I have a need for mediumship but I love the atmosphere that is co-created yeah. it's like it's healing we all receive a little bit of a healing in that atmosphere and I think that that is some of the less sexy and like unspoken benefits about mediumship and really at the core of what we're doing here is we're here to heal we're here to help people heal. Yeah. mediumship by definition is bringing through healing that life continues and bringing through evidence that life continues, which is healing in itself. Right? Yeah. yeah. I love that. So can you, can you share like if somebody was looking back on their life, for example, and they're like all these little hints or clues that they might also be a medium. Is there some, like, some things that you can share that might indicate that somebody is a medium and that they should, if they're feeling called to mediumship to continue down that path? Yeah. So in my personal experience, this is kind of like a two-part answer I'm going to have here. Yeah. But in my personal experience, when I became a medium at 31, right, I'm 40 now. When I look back on my life, it made total sense. And I remember telling my best friend, I'm a medium. She's like, well, of course you are. <laughs> she was like, you were you a ghost painter at like 17. You're like the only teenager not drinking in the bush and like spending time at haunted locations. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> And she's like, you know, when I was watching John Edwards when I was 13 and I was paying $500 for Sylvia Brown front row tickets at when I was Love Sylvia Brown. I know. And like, you know, so I was, you know, when I think I was like 11, I got James from Prague's like um, talking to heaven book. So like, hello, like mediumship (laughs) has been in my awareness my whole life. And then when I became a paranormal investigator, because, you know, I think that there's a a spiritual maturity that happens as we evolve in our spirituality. And early on, it was like all the ghosts. I'm like, ghost, 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 paranormal, da, 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 da. Right. But then, so I joined a paranormal investigation group and I would actually follow the medium, take notes and try to validate historic. Cause I was, I love history, but like, you know, try to validate some things that they were saying. And the whole time looking back, I never once thought about mediumship. I never once thought about developing myself. I never once thought I was a medium ever. But looking back, I'm like, well, these are how spirit like lets us know that this path is for us, right? Like they, they drop like these hints. So if you're interested in mediumship, you're a medium. But the truth is, I think we are all mediums. Yeah. I think that we, there's nothing special about any of us and there's 
everything magnificent about all of us. And we do all come from the same place. We do all return to the same place. But the truth is not everyone is meant to awaken to the path of mediumship like my husband. No interest. (laughs) Yeah. But if he sat and developed, could he have experienced a thousand percent? Yes. But that's not his path and that's not his role and that's not his mission here. So I think we are all mediums and I think that we all have the potential to develop. Yeah. Um, And we can all develop in very different ways as well. Um, So, yeah, I don't think that there's like, you know, a duck, duck, was a duck, duck, goose with God where it's just like, you have it, you don't, you have it, you don't. (laughs) But the truth is not everyone's going to be interested in developing it. So if you're interested in it, that's your sign from your soul and your spirit and possibly even your spirit team that is worth following that cookie crumb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Cause that's what Mandy and I, you know, we really tried to talk about how everybody can be and everybody is an intuitive. Everybody has the ability to connect to their intuition and be a psychic, whatever it is we all have. Cause like you said, we're all made the same. So we all have that ability. It's not like, Oh, you're special. You can, you can do this. And so it's really kind of opening up people's eyes that they have that ability. Now, does that mean they want to go and start doing psychic energetic mediumship readings? Maybe not, but it's the fact that they are able to, even just connect to their soul mm-hmm. and hear their soul whispers and hear, you know, and, and kind of live their life that way. Um, you know, it might, might just be that, that they decide to move forward with. So yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, does your husband, like, I'm just curious, does your husband believe like he, does he believe you talk to dead people? <laughs> like, so, he- my husband, <laughs> he's a double Capricorn. Okay. He, <laughs> You know, we met on a race team. So he married a girl who was in the mud, changing tires. Like, you know, he met like this, like this, a totally different woman than I am now. So my thing about my husband is I had to start to reconcile that I'm the one that's changed. He hasn't. Right. And so here's my husband thinks we're we're meet when we die. He thinks it's darkness. He thinks nothing happens. Yeah. My husband, same. Yeah. He thinks when, when we're done, we're done. Like we're done. We're just done. Right. And yeah. So please. I'm like, please don't bury me. I'm like, please <laughs> turn me into a crystal. Thank you. But <laughs> a diamond. Mostly diamonds. Yeah, I have a company. It's all in my will. I'm like, I found the company, I found the place. I'm like, don't bury me. I'm like, <laughs> I need to be a diamond. So the thing is though, he doesn't think about it either way. He's not passionate about, he's not passionate, like not passionate about it. Mm. My husband believes me. He thinks I'm an honest mm. woman. Yes. He knows that about me. He knows my integrity. Does he have any interest in what I do? Absolutely not. He might come in and say, how are your readings today? And I'll just say they were awesome. Thank you. And I don't bore him with details because he'll just roll his eyes. But (laughs) I can tell you that I can say now, 10 years in, he's very proud of me and my work. He Mm -hmm. will go around his work and he'll share my website. And like, even yesterday, he was texting me, the UPS guy in town was like, is this your wife? And so, (laughs) you know. I remember one day I told him my podcast was like 17th in Canada overall. And he was like, and he asked me about it two days later. He's like, so your podcast and you know, these are like little things like that I take as like big wins because the truth is too, I don't like being spiritual all the time. I love living my life. I love wine. I love carbs. I love, you know, (laughs) getting silly. I love, 
you know, psilocybin sometimes. Like I'm a very grounded and practical human being. And I do accredit my marriage to my skeptical husband as part of that. You know, he doesn't let me spiritualize everything or bypass like anything. It's like he keeps me incredibly grounded. And I'm so grateful for my marriage and the the way he is because it keeps me humble. too right yeah I love that that's good and it makes me it does make me think of my husband because it's very much the same like he's an engineer so it's very analytical um but same thing where he just kind of he supports me right like it's not that he's like he doesn't need to believe in, in everything that I do but he supports me and so I've you know that's something that I'm trying to work through too to be like okay he doesn't need to believe yeah and you're right I'm the one who's changed and you know it's just kind of that but yeah I love that that it's um kind of looking at it as like a grounding and yeah. stuff that and still just enjoying your human experience here, oh right that's Oh, yeah. that's why we're here yeah we're also here to, we're here to be humans so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like absolutely oh I love yeah. that um, Danielle, how long would you say it takes for somebody to develop their mediumship skill? So somebody who's, you know, maybe gone down the path a little bit and started to like learn about energy and spirit and has like read all the Sylvia Brown books and listened to your podcast, like binged all the things. And now they're ready to step into a container of development. How long would you say before they, I mean, I guess it would be different um, for each person and how much they developed. But in your experience, what would you say how long it takes? Well, and that's incredibly nuanced, right? Because there's there's two skills to mediumship. There's the connection with spirit, which I could teach you in one class. But the real skill of doing this work is working for the public, which not everyone is a fit for and which can only be taught through experience and sometimes bad experiences and and getting things terribly wrong. And one thing I try to tell people, which is something I'm very passionate in the way that I teach is I think all mediums need to go through some trauma informed training Mm -hmm. in how to um, handle people in grieving situations, how to hold space for trauma um, because we're not dealing with light information here. So I think no matter when you enter the public space, there will be opportunities that come up that may appear to be quite hard that are kind of training grounds for you to continue to be better to serve spirit in the public eye. Yeah. So again, the, the techniques and mediumship is really just centering yourself and opening up your energy and blending with the world of spirit and transmuting and communicating what you're receiving in the way that you need to you. That is quite simple, right? But the other part of development is the barrier to the clear connection. The def- deficit is in us. It's never in spirit, right? Like that's how come yes. my philosophy has changed around spirit not being able to communicate because I, I find it hard to believe that that's the deficit. The yeah. deficit is my confidence. The deficit is, do yeah. I believe this? The deficit is, does this person make me nervous yeah. um, for whatever reason? Are they closed off? Um, am I closed off? And so, so much of the development journey is actually in our humanity And so the way that I like to develop is, you know, spirituality, but while honoring our humanity and a lot of the path is going to be based off of our lived experiences. Like, you know, I came out of abusive and I, you know, I've recovered from addictions and I didn't believe in myself a whole lot growing up. Like, you know, I never really had a healthy relationship before my husband. And so my journey to feel confident to step into public work took longer than others because of my lived experience. And I had to start healing from ground zero when I developed mediumship. Mediumship was my pathway to healing. Mm -hmm. 
some people come into mediumship through Reiki and through other healing modalities, and they've already done a lot of their healing work. So they may be ready a lot earlier than other people. But I've also seen really talented mediums who traumatize clients. (laughs) Oh, no. Maybe, you know, public work isn't for them maybe they're meant to rock their mediumship in other ways as well so Mm -hmm. I think everyone's path is going to be very different but what I do say is don't underestimate the development that it requires to just sit in front of a public sitter and do the same thing that you did in your development classes because that's where the development really is yeah it's really you know I remember when I we were we first started the course, and I think it was the second practice. You had a really hard time had a really... with being wrong. She yeah. and this was a lesson for her. Yeah, she was like she just doesn't like to be wrong, and she's a very like yeah controlled, especially looking. She didn't want to look dumb. Yeah, that's what. It was yeah, like. and so, but it was like it it opened this space for a healing that needed to be yeah. done. And I remember you saying like we you know you're going to be wrong. We need to a be lot. wrong. And, and <laughs> that was really hard for me to kind of like rest but actually, and actually be in front of somebody. And I started to feel like, um, you know, a fraud at a, at a time too, right? Because I would show up and we, I'd have the, our company name on the Zoom and I'm like, oh God, they're going to think, oh, she, you know, I'm way better than I should be. And then I'm not. And it, it was just the silliest thing. And I ended up going through like a dark night of the soul. Like, I think it was like the second week. And um, because my guide was like really kind of being like, no, you need to, you need to do more. And I just, I kind of came out of it. And I remember coming out of this dark night of the soul. And I went and I was like, you know what? I am going to invite being wrong this week when I meet with my partners. Like I am inviting it. I am going to invite to be uncomfortable. And um, it was such a shift for me. So it's like, even in your own development, you're healing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're healing. It was, yeah, it was a big one for me. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, mediumship is a very vulnerable path. Like it, it is vulnerable because we will never have a reading. We're hundred percent. Right. And for hundred percent. Right. I would say either the client's lying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or we're not passing along enough information. You know what I mean? We're playing it very, very safe. And the truth is the fear of being wrong is again about our humanity because we're making mediumship about us, yes. right? When it's not about us, it's like at the core of mediumship, what we're doing is we're healing. And yeah. so that's how I connect in. And, you know, I went through a similar experience um, in September, 2020, I lost the love of my life, you know, my baby bender, my cat, and mm-hmm. nothing's worse than losing a pet that I have personally experienced. You know, I've lost definitely relations. I'm fortunate to still have two parents. So I have not a whole lot to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that when I lost my baby bender, it was the first time I experienced true grief. First time in my whole life. And I went to school. I became a death doula just to learn about grief because I didn't understand it. Yeah. And I couldn't I couldn't um empathize with my clients. I had compassion, but because I hadn't been there, I didn't understand what they were going through. And I couldn't do readings for a long time after that. Um, for about five months because my heart was just so broken. I couldn't stop crying. And I remember hiring a mentor. I, then I became scared getting back into readings. And not only then, sorry, garbage <laughs> truck's going by. Sorry, I need to edit my It's going to be better than a garbage truck going by. So I started getting scared because from when my, my baby Bender died to when I started doing readings again five months later, my podcast downloads went from 3000 a month to 15000 a month. Like, 
the growth was exponential during that period. And the pressure, I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm like the best medium in the world. And I'm, I'm still developing too. And like, so I got the really, pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. I freaked out and I had a mentor who was so lovely. His name's Dominic Bogue. I'm never afraid to me- mention people who I love. And still yeah. to this day, I trust him more than anyone else I've ever met in the industry. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're always talking even now. And he really humbled me because I told him that that was my fear. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. He was like, spirit gave you your reputation. Right. And it like yeah. totally centered me back because there I was making it about me and like my reputation. And do I sound smarter than I am? Like, you know, like there's like <laughs> this kind of disconnect that started happening. And that's kind of what happens with grief. We change fundamentally through grief. Mm. And I know that now. And I really appreciated that pressure, that experience, because it did give me a tool to center myself again, where it's like, it's not about me. So anyone who's worried about getting it wrong, do something similar. Yeah. It's not about you. It is no. what you look like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like letting that go. Right. Like, that's where I was like, I need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I need to be comfortable being wrong. And so it was just like, you know what, you're going to go into it and then you're going to invite it in. And sit in that energy, right? Because mm-hmm. that was yeah. a healing thing that I needed to go through and probably uh, definitely still do. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's, um, I really, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me, after going through your course, um, I was like, I was like, I knew I didn't want to do mediumship <laughs> after doing the course, but it's so grateful for the experience because I love to read the energy and um, like the chakras and go into their records. And I feel so comfortable in that space. So actually the mediumship was uncomfortable for me because I didn't feel so confident in it. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I realized how much practice I would need in order to feel that confidence that I do with mm. the soul readings and with the Akashic records. So I knew, I knew at that point that mediumship is something so special and something to be honored and something that when you share it with somebody, you're right. There is this l- different level of healing that we offer like through our energy healings, for example, but when you're holding space for somebody and you're sharing these messages from their past loved ones, like there's so much, um, it's just such this, I just find it to be this bigger um, responsibility, I think, um, because it is so, it is just so special. So not something that I felt prepared to just jump into right away, like we did with the soul readings and the energy healings, something that I will definitely want to practice more and more before we even, I would even consider offering that as a, as a service at this point, but I don't know. It's not funny because I get so freaked out about psychic readings. Like I'm (laughs) like, I don't want to mess with people's lives. I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, it, it just goes to show our soul will guide us to yeah. what, where we need to be. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think that. mine's more just, I wanted that. I knew I had spirit, um, tapping on my door. Um, <laughs> it literally taps on your head. Yeah. Taps on my head. Um, <laughs> and then like, I'd had a few moments where like, I can like actually hear them. Um, And I I found it getting louder and louder where I'm like, okay, why is there more spirits coming and like yelling at 
my ear. Um, and so it was, and then in the sense of, and I thought, well, in my readings for clients, I, I want to know how, yeah. like, so maybe I'm not going to offer mediumship reading, but I want to be able to be open that if a spirit does want to come in. And I've had that a few times yeah. where, you know, it's somebody's been guided to me and we don't even like, both of us are kind of like, man, I don't even know what it was. I just felt like I needed to be and, and a medium like a, somebody came through. So one of those things where yeah. it's like, I'm not doing mediumship, but I find in some of my readings, somebody will come through and I realize, okay, they were brought that to me purpose. because yeah. 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 That, that Can I bring cool. through two teachings that might help you guys with this? Because yeah. just to say, cause you guys are earlier in your, in your journeys, right. Yeah. But if it is something that you fear to do because of X, Y, Z, you're going to be asked to step through that eventually. So I wouldn't be surprised if eventually you can't avoid it. You'll be like, I have to offer a mediumship session because I don't want to spend my whole life avoiding it. And that's not the path that we're on. So there, there is a little bit of that, that may come through for you as well. And then the other one, and I end most of my initiation programs with this spirit work is a declaration. Mm -hmm. If we one day say I am a medium, And this is how I'm choosing to work with the world of spirit. The world of spirit will reorganize to meet that declaration. So you get to choose where you go with your gifts and spirit will continue to respond to your declarations. I do it all the time. Spirit, this next reading, I want to get exact dates. Mm. Um, I'm declaring it. And then I'll forget I said it. And in the reading, I'll get like a three, three. And I'm like, you know, is this March 3rd? And it's like, yeah, it's March 3rd. I'm like, Thing. I just asked spirit for that information and that. so playing with it experimenting with it and then that will help you build your confidence because then you take it a, a, not about you you're just like no they're right. responding to me oh, right that's now true. Right? yeah and I feel that's that's so true because I feel that so much with when I do the soul readings is that I know very clearly I'm like this is not about me I'm just receiving and I'm channeling what it is I'm receiving and I feel so much like the clear uh sent like in mm-hmm. I feel in mm-hmm. my heart space mostly and um and then I yeah that's basically how I receive I would say feeling but anyways what I was saying is that <laughs> I'm like over here you're like what <laughs> I can see like my my thought it's trail happening. Like, going away <laughs> turning into me <laughs> uh, anyways I forgot what I was gonna say now <laughs> Oh, what I was going to say was that I feel that um, I feel that I can release that sense of, um, you know, taking that on as myself when I'm doing the soul readings, because I just feel that confidence like I'm this is what I'm receiving and this is what I'm sharing because this is what I'm receiving. So I guess I just need to practice that more in the mediumship where mm-hmm. I kind of release the responsibility of or taking on that ownership of the messages mm-hmm. and just, you know, declaring this is what I'm receiving and then, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing. Well, and it's also learning to be okay with the word no. Yeah. You know, I remember that was a big one too, yeah. where I kind of was like, oh, I didn't really think about how the word no holds its own vibration and it can kind of throw you off. Yeah. And and I, that was something like, you know, I, I think in the class, everybody was pretty good in the sense of being like, I'm not going to say no, I'm going to, you know, there was some people uh, better than others. Some people was like, no, no. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that vibration is <laughs> just like smack, <laughs> smack. And then other people would be like, um, so like what? And, you know, and so, and, but you know, like with a client, you're not going to expect a client to be like, you know, tiptoe around tiptoeing the word around no. it. And it's like, okay, also being comfortable with the word 
no. Yeah. yeah. And understanding it's just a word, mm-hmm. you know. I went to a class once. I can't remember who taught it. I can't remember if it was Mays, Mavis who just passed away or um, someone else. But they had us do practice readings where all the other person could say was no. Oh, that's oh. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's deep. That is deep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You still have, like, get over it. That's, I'm you know, like, I'm sweating. Because <laughs> that's the trick, right? It's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can you be so detached from the information that the yeses and the nos feel the same? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. right. So. That's good. I love that. Yeah. I find that when you're developing your intuitive, your energetic skills, whether it's mediumship or your psychic abilities or healings or whatever it is, I feel like we're constantly on the path of development. So you still work with with the mentors don't you and you just on specific things now um mm-hmm. most of my mentors end up hiring me as a business coach <laughs> with you <laughs> because i i do so well at business right and people are like how do you do this how do you do this so usually in the past couple of years most of the mentorship things have been really short because they end up hiring me as a mentor when it comes to like business but you know, I will reach out to like Dominic or Sean Leonard, Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard, who's somebody else who we're both First Nations Canadian mediums. He's the best in the world. As far as I'm concerned, he's mm-hmm. the highest quality medium we have working today. Uh, he's like the Helen Hughes of our day. And, wow. you know, these are people who will be like, you know what, like lost my confidence here for a moment. Like I have this experience, you know, this year I have somebody in my household got diagnosed from cancer. My brother almost died of spinal meningitis, like mm. had COVID twice. Like my yeah. son was, I, like, this was a hard year. Yes. Mm. And you, when life is not well, sometimes the readings are not as well too, right? Because it's yeah. all connected. And this is the inconsistency of mediumship. So when I'm going through stuff, I have a team that I'll work with. I have a therapist, right? I have yeah. healers that I work with. And then I'll have mediums who are above my peers, but I trust and I can be vulnerable enough with, because I have encountered mentors before too, who uh, thrive on my insecurities. Right. Or, Mm, you know, there's a lot of that. So there's very few people. So if I'm struggling emotionally or like with my confidence, I have no hesitation reaching out to like Dominic or Sean. And, you know, it's just nice sometimes to hear people say, yeah, I get like that too. Still. I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Like you're 30 years in, I'm going to just trust this is part of the path. So the mentorship I need now is more, based off of that then can you teach because the truth is if you hire a fancy medium they can't show you how to do what they do you know they can't because you can't learn through osmosis like that and if you had 10 mediums lined up who said you know your aunt janine made banana bread and you asked them how did you get that you would have 10 wildly different answers that make no sense to anyone else but them because that's how unique the spirit communication is yeah, the spirit language yeah right? like everybody yeah. has their own, and that's something yeah. that we make like try to make very clear to our students especially when we're teaching the healings um the energy healings is that we're just here to open like to open the door for you yeah. you're you're gonna go from you know where your spirit guides are you're, you're gonna be guided to and just be open to receiving everything yeah. different from your classmates you cannot compare yourself yeah. to anybody in this class because it's it'd be like comparing an apple to an onion yeah. Like it's not even in the same realm. Like it's our spirit language so is completely different. Yeah. Each person, right. Like 
completely yeah. different. Yeah. So yeah. proximity to a high quality medium does not guarantee your mediumship improves. That's one mm-hmm. tough lesson I have learned. And so when you're looking for a mentor or teacher, you want to find someone who like you expand listening to them. Like yeah. they share about things that interest you because what they can teach you more than anything is the philosophy, the ethics, the integrity, and hopefully someone who shares through their actual lived experiences mm-hmm. too. Right. Because yeah. one thing I've seen too, and I know this is getting quite long and I apologize, but no, that's okay. You know, I've seen people too, like, um, figure out how hard readings are because <laughs> they're hard. They're, they're <laughs> they a pressure cooker, right? Yeah. Like, yep. and then just go on to teach. But then you can also tell that there's like a lack of embodiment in the teachings as well. And so what you're really looking for is that embodiment. That's like, I refuse to not do readings because I'm at a point in my career. I could just teach a mentor now mm-hmm. and like, and ride my reputation off to the sunset. But <laughs> I wouldn't feel as embodied in my teachings if I still wasn't going through the craft myself and Mm -hmm. um, learning things. And, you know, last two months ago, Spirit said, we need you to do a lot of readings because we need to teach you some things for the initiation. And I knew that those weren't going to be great experiences, right? Like, (laughs) you just know, you're like, okay. So I'd say about out of 40 readings, there was five that will probably haunt me for a couple years. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I need to have those experiences so I can continue to grow as a teacher and a mentor. And I had one session where it was the first session in my entire career. It was like dead air around me. And it was my first refund since 2017. But the whole time I'm sitting there happy because I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to teach this. (laughs) Right? You teach what happens when dead air? Yeah. Wow. That's so So, fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about your, like us, our experience in your classes and, and what you teach. So will you take us through like what it is that you offer? And also we mentioned your podcast. So first, what is the name of your podcast again? Spirit School. Spirit School. And you can find it on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you can find um, a podcast. And Danielle's podcast is so beautiful. She shares so transparently um, about mediumship and development and her journey and there's tons of episodes so definitely binge worthy <laughs> people <laughs> do will, binge it that's for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and will you share a little bit about um your like your mentorships and your classes and stuff yeah so I teach the initiation which is my mediumship specific program um so I change the format of it every time I run it it's never the same twice but uh so a lot of alumni actually come in and I give super discount to alumni but it's it teaches you everything I wish I knew in the first three years of mediumship development and because I'm obsessed with trauma-informed care and uh learning for adults in a kind way I teach the same information three different ways through live classes Mm -hmm. through evergreen self-study and through practice and so um you get the same information a few different ways because people learn very very differently. Um, like I'm a replay person. I'm like, I need space and time to pause, do something else, come back to it. So I don't learn best in live classes myself. So there's also like a 50, uh, video module series that you'll have lifetime access to. So that's the initiation. I'm running it probably after the podcast airs because it starts next Wednesday, but I'll run it again in February. So every six months I run the initiation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a membership, which was actually asked 
from the initiation people like how do we continue so I created mm. the membership two years we just celebrated wow. um, so that's the spirit school collective and we have about 100 people in there it's hosted off social media and so you can access that through my free community on mighty networks which I'll give you guys a link to but I have a free awesome. community with hundreds of people in there um, I do weekly live experiences I don't hold back anything right like I think people who listen to my stuff you get the same quality information everywhere, whether it's free yeah. or paid. Um, but people do love to support me, which is awesome. So the free community and then the membership, and it's actually through the membership that you get access to my mastermind. So I do six people, which no one ever hears about because my membership just eats it's up the spot. Yeah. <laughs> but it is the pathway to work one-on-one with me through mentorship, which I only take one or two people at a time. And then I do masterminds every Thursday for people who want to go deeper, very mm -hmm. specific to them. But all that's accessed through my membership. And then I also teach, I don't know when I'm going to teach it again, but the calling, which is, you know, a spiritual entrepreneurship uh, program that talks about the stuff no one really kind of talks about, which is like, <laughs> we're running a business. I don't care which way you look at it. We have business licenses. We're paying taxes. So I yes. kind of give the real reels about running a business through that program, The Calling, which I might run again uh, maybe next spring. We'll see. So mm -hmm. a lot of different ways, but the podcast, the free community, the membership are my continuous ways to work with me and then readings you know truthfully I do most of my readings for free and I let spirit bring me the people you know there's people in town who have tragic losses and I'll just tell spirit bring them to me and mm -hmm. you know I do some work on you know teenagers and like missing people cases and stuff um yeah. but mostly spirit brings me a lot of my clients and every once in a while I will quietly release a bunch of readings and I just trust whoever finds them is meant to to get them but that's usually through my instagram swamp mm -hmm. medium you find out about those awesome and for the membership do you have to be an alumni to join the membership or can anybody join your membership yeah the membership i'm glad you asked thank you so the membership <laughs> is actually for all light workers so not everyone in there is developing mediumship. Mm -hmm. um, I teach classes on psychic development, annual connections, business. I did a podcasting class this week and today I'm doing one on, you know, ceremony and, and connecting in through spiritual practices. So we cover everything in the membership and every week there is an opportunity like the initiation to register to have sitters. So practice mm -hmm. readings and you could choose to practice with people in the collective or we also have hundreds of volunteers who have said that they would sit for uh, collective members as well so you have an opportunity to practice um, with people in the public as well through that space so oh, I love yeah that. it's all modalities are welcome it's um, just for people who want to learn how to you know thrive in this community what I wish I'd had were people who really wanted to see me succeed and yeah. see me do well so it's a very you know, I did a podcast interview earlier this week and with one of my members and she said, you know, it's a space where it's very non-competitive and it's very supportive. And I think we can really change the landscape of this work in collaboration, like seeing you guys collaborate yes. on a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, like I tried that with one of my friends and, you know, <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, and I'm not going to say that was me or her, it just is what it was. But, yeah. you know, it's hard sometimes to watch other people rise and do well, mm -hmm. especially if you came out first, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
there's none of that in my, in my membership. And that's kind of what I wished I'd had in which I kind of created. So it's a place to really heal sister wounds. Um, and you know, we have people who are non-binary and we have men in there and it's for, it's for everyone. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And I love that you're a fellow Canadian. Yes. (laughs) And not very far from us. No. Where are you guys? Victoria. Oh, so you're, you're super close. So there's another duo medium duo that I saw on Vancouver Island. They're older than you guys. I know that, but, um, I think I know what you're talking about. They travel in their dens together and I'm like, anyways, I've never seen them, but they, they did come to Squamish. I had some people send me a link to saying, are you going to attend this? And I, I I was in Disney at the time, but yeah. So interesting. Something about the Island and and healthy collaborations. I like it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Collaboration. I love it. It's the ocean air. <laughs> it's all the nature. It's all the nature. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us. You can find Danielle at the Squamish Medium, right? Squamish Medium. Just at- com, everywhere on socials. Yeah. Okay. At Squamish Medium on Instagram. Very, You're very active on Instagram. Um, and we'll link all the, all the details, the website, the Instagram, the podcast, everything in the show notes. And we're just, again, thank you so much for joining us on this, uh, episode and sharing all about mediumship. And we're, we're very grateful for this connection. So thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.